now. Hello, everybody. This is Cover for the Guys. I'm Marquise, your host today. I got Nick with me. I got Terrence. I got a special guest, Steve, today. How you doing today, Nick? Doing great, man. Glad to have our special guest. Thankful to have Steve on tonight. I hope y'all are doing good. Nice. How you doing today, Terrence? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, just like Nick said, glad to have Steve on joining us tonight. I uh, hope he, you know, is going to have a lot of fun tonight with us tonight. <laughs> All right. Steve, how you doing? Doing good, boys. How's it things? That's good. I like to give a shout out to all the dads. We got two dads in here, and then we got two fur dads in here. So, <laughs> hope Father's Day was good to everybody. Uh, Steve, go ahead and provide the like listeners with some background on you and everything. Yeah, we uh, obviously you and I know each other from Twitter. There, we were following each other. Um, you guys can find me there at SS Fisher eight uh, seven. Me and my buddy Chris do a podcast called Ballhawks Podcast. Uh, you can find us there at ballhawks underscore pod. Um, other than that, you know, like you said, husband first and foremost, uh, two little babies. My oldest is just turning five, just going into kindergarten this year. Uh, my youngest just turned three in March and. Uh, Terrence obviously knows this having little ones that I heard about it's busy it's chaotic and it is awesome every last piece of it is awesome definitely for sure I mean like you say like you know being a parent is definitely you know one of the biggest blessings that you know you've never received and you know every day in fatherhood is definitely you know you learn something new in fatherhood every day so I definitely vouch for you on that one for sure <laughs> I got, I got a godson over there in North Carolina and a nephew. It's, it's pretty dope. <laughs> yes, All right. So we got the news around the league this week, a little bit of last week. We got Mahomes and Brady on the Madden 22 cover. I don't really care about this cover. I'm going to say that. But if they could make sure they fix franchise mode, I'm going to love this map. We got Jamal Adams' payday with Seattle. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen there. What do the Pats do with Stephon Gilmore? Uh, we got the Vikings. They signed Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle, who's on the Browns. And then we also have Frank Clark gets arrested in California with the Uzi, police on the Uzi. And then we have Carl Nassib for the Raiders. He announces, comes out that he's gay. Uh, what do you think about everything today, Nick? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll start out with the Carl, Carl Nassib news. You know, that's the most recent. And, uh, you know, it is still LGBTQ Awareness Month. Um, you know, it's a huge thing. Uh, he, he said something that I thought was big. He said, you know, he wishes that it wasn't something that was necessary. And we're trying to move towards where it isn't necessary, you know, because in today's day and age, um, being a sport like the NFL that is considered so masculine and breaking the stereotypes that gay men can't be masculine. Um, and then on top of that, just breaking the barriers of making it it is normal. There's nothing wrong with uh, your sexual orientation. You know, it, is, it does take courage to do what he did. I'm glad to see, you know, how much y'all, y'all remember when Michael Sam came back, came out uh, back in the day, it was a lot of, I don't know another way to put it, but mixed reviews when that was going on. So I'm glad to see the progress we've made as a country and as a society that, you know, he, he's getting, Carl Nassib's getting much more, you know, respect that Michael Sam did, unfortunately, back in the day. Um, and then on top of that, I, I cannot remember the uh, 
the thing that he was donating to, but that awareness to uh, make sure that we're helping out those in the LGBTQ community um, to prevent suicide. You know, a lot of these people are ostracized by their own families. You know, it's, it's a really tough thing to deal with and they need our love and support. So everything that he did, you know, I think was a big win for the NFL and, you know, just society as a whole. Yeah, definitely. I think you hit that on the nail. My, uh, my sister, she's gay, so I'm behind my sister too. Shout out everything, my sister. big dog. Like, I support fully. I'm with it. You know, I hope more players that, you know, are gay, they are comfortable now to announce, like, hey, you know. And then I hope it's not this weird, like, awkward locker room tension. Like, they're grown yeah. men, and they should be able to navigate with it. I don't think it should be a problem. I'm actually looking forward to like the future of it, like and guys coming out and not having an issue with it. Steve, oh, go ahead, Terrence. Support it, you know. You gotta live your own life, you know. So like, in this situation, you know, just live, you know, live your truth, honestly. And if they live your truth, and you know what's understood doesn't have to be explained. So I, I look at it. Yeah, definitely. And I got something for those. This is big to me. Like those parents that don't aren't accepting of it make sure like that's your kid at the end of the day like you need to be accepting of that like you brought them into this world like no matter what they're your kid they're at one place they should be comfortable and safe is with you like at home so if they're not comfortable there to tell you that's a problem you know make sure they have a safe environment and they're feel good telling you you know what i mean steve what stood out in the news for you this week yeah i think you guys hit the carl nassib news perfectly like being a parent myself. Oh, oh what do you say? Um, yeah, sorry, being a, being a parent myself, uh, you know, I would hope that my kids, if either one of them is gay, that they feel comfortable coming to me as soon as they know um, so that I can put the supports around them to be uh, the best version of themselves. I don't really care. I just want them to be healthy. I want them to be happy and the rest will take care of itself. Um, so you guys, you guys hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, my one from this is the one that you said that you don't really care about. Cause I got a little <laughs> fired up over this whole, like they sent out the teaser of who was on the cover of Madden. And it was like, the goats were coming out and I was like, okay, who is this? Like, obviously it's going to be Brady and yeah. everyone was speculating that it was going to be Gronk as well. And sure. You know what? He's in that tight end goat debate. And then they put Mahomes on the cover. And the, the first thing I thought of was what have you done to put yourself in the goat conversation? Like, I feel like that term just gets thrown around way too easily where it's like, you know, what is he in his going into his fourth year? And you're like, okay, you've done a lot in a short amount of time, but you haven't done enough to be considered the greatest of all time. Like, I, I feel like we forget what that actually stands for. And he's not a goat in any way, shape or form yet, but he's on a good kind of trajectory towards that. I think you, you hit it when you said the trajectory. I think that's why people labeled him that. My only thing about the video, I'm not even mad that they use two goats. I just mad they use Patrick Willis to why remember like he's the madden curse and lived it through like i'm gonna hit the cover and <laughs> nothing happened but like you said I, I think it's just really the trajectory of what he can do and people are seeing it but they also need to realize like what he walked into like much how justin herbert like walked in the weapons on the chargers mahomes walked into he got sammy he got tyree kelly and travis kelsey and they were already rolling with alex smith and andy reads the coach 
So I feel like that needs to be like he does have flashes where you're like you see him do something you're like man it's crazy like I just say I think this is a perfect opportunity to plug my jersey you know I'm, I'm rocking the Steph the Steph Curry today what I think it is is kind of like a uh, with Pat Mahomes you know Steve I'm just gonna let you know straight up I hate you right now because you are right I am on I'm one of those people that super hypes Mahomes I'll admit it and it is premature I and I and I agree with Marquise like you said it's let's be honest it's the trajectory the trajectory we see what is you know barring any crazy injury what he could be you know 10 years from now uh but yeah absolutely he, he has not done enough to become one of the people mentioned in the go conversations but what i think it is is like marquis said they were rolling with alex smith but just like the warriors were rolling with mark jackson once you put steve uh kerr in there and we're able to switch up and do a little bit extra with that offense you know move someone like uh, Andre Iguodala into like more of a point guard role and let Steph play off the ball, you saw there was a difference. So, and I think that's what, what we're seeing with Mahomes is more so, you know, he's doing things that only someone like Aaron Rodgers has done before, but absolutely, you know, he's not in the go conversation yet. And I do think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree with y'all. And then like, just to throw something out there that I don't know if y'all thought about, but how about, was, was this some sort of, shot of Aaron Rodgers at all like man mm. season and mm. y'all like oh two goats on the on the cover I mean like you say Pat Mahomes hasn't really done anything up to this point I mean obviously like you said the trajectory we, we can see you know the greatness I say nothing MVP and Super Bowl I think Terrence brought up a good point because I don't think you're yes. tri- you're trying trying Rodgers I love Rodgers like you guys know I'm taking <laughs> Rodgers over Brady, even though Rodgers made me regret that decision last year, like this past year. Yeah. I think it's so much just is – it's just the next generation. So, it's like, Madden has to put two generations together. You know what I mean? Bridging like, the gap, yeah. Yeah, bridging the gap. what it is, but, I mean, hey, that's a shot in the gut of Aaron Rodgers right there. Like, come on, man. That man is MVP season. He got to be close to kind of way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How do you feel about the news going on around the league? What sticks out to you today, Cuz? Uh, So for me, what sticks out is the Jamal Adams situation. I'm holding out the contract. Yeah, Um, family issues too. Don't worry about it. He had a family thing going on too. Yeah, family thing going on too. But for me, at the end of the day, I think uh, the the Jets definitely won this trade. I mean, they gave up two first-rounders and a third for Jamal Adams. And then we're not going to mention how much he wants to be paid. But the highest safety right now is what – Justin Simmons getting paid what like 15 million. So Jamal Adams don't even want to be labeled as a safety. He wants to be labeled as like a linebacker because you got the guys that are getting paid at linebacker. And I feel like they put that man in the box a lot. Yeah, the reason the reason <laughs> they want to trade, let's look at Seattle defense. Horrible. What they was getting them like 30 points a game, which is like the third worst in the league. And then, you know, they they gave up the two first and the third because they were like, oh, Jamal Adams is the piece we're missing to get us to the championship. And at the end of the day, like I said, they were the third worst defense and he don't help in the passing game. We all know he's barbecue chicken on, <laughs> in the passing. <laughs> and at the end of the day, he's just not making much of a difference. Like we know he's a ball hawk and stuff like that, but if you gave up all of those, you know, pieces, He's supposed to, like, you gave up things that you would only do for a quarterback. Like, you're only giving up that much for a Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, like, a quarterback that's going to be, like, 
a culture change. Like he was supposed to come in, change the culture of the defense, organizational type, you know, change. That's the type of player that they were saying he was. And then to come in and to not really make that much of a difference, you know, I feel like the Jets definitely won. Man, Chris, Chris uh, Steve's co-host gonna hate this man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. <laughs> To really... give you guys a little uh, background info on that, uh, obviously I get a little more intel on the Seahawks than I'd like to. Sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like the big thing with Jamal Adams is he wants to get paid like, and I think the word he used to describe himself was a weapon. He doesn't want to be a safety. He doesn't want to be a linebacker. And, and I kind of get that. I get the idea of this new age kind of hybrid person. We used to call them tweeners about eight years ago or something like that that maybe they're like a linebacker or a safety. What are you? Um, for me, I don't mind those weapon kind of guys because they make an impact. Like you said, stuff in the run, getting in the box. Uh, he's never going to go one-on-one with a, a guy outside or he's going to get roasted every time. Um, and then the other thing with that is I tried so hard on our last episode to uh, goat Chris into this conversation about like, oh, is there some sort of like crazy thing going on with Jamal Adams? And he's like, no. Like, <laughs> Are you sure? Like, and I just kept prodding and prodding and prodding. And he's like, no, man, I, I just think this is so overblown. The media is running with this. And even after saying stuff like, well, you know, he, he kind of is a bit of a diva himself in terms of where he just, he's always in the media for something and still, Chris is like, I'm not worried about it one single bit. I think he's not. It's weird to me because he's not the piece that they needed. Like, he didn't throw them. Like, their defense wasn't good. So it wasn't like y'all threw all those pieces away and expected him to be the piece that was going to get you to the Super Bowl. No, like, the offensive line is bad. Chris Carson can't stay healthy. You run this old play action, like, style offense. Or, all right, we're going to run the ball two times. And then we're going to go deep on third down. Like, I don't think Jamal Adams was the be-all, end-all for fixing everything in Seattle. So, uh, yeah. I I, I agree. And I actually – I think you made a great point. Even, like, they needed more help, like, with O-line type situations, running game type situations. But even, like, their defense was – remember, start of the year, like, I think it was five games in, they were, like, one of the worst defenses of all time. Like, statistically, they were headed for the worst defense of all time. That's with Jamal Adams. A guy like him who's a jack-of-all-trades is more so like a plug-and-play with the defense that's already solid but might be missing one player at each level, right? And Because he can do a little bit of everything. He can rush. He can rush. He can cover a little bit in zone coverage. He's definitely a hard hitter. But for a team that needs everything on defense and is looking for like an all-star that can, like Steve said, go one-on-one outside or is your premier pass rusher, Jamal Adams is a little bit of each, but he's not that guy for any of them, you know? That's why uh, it's weird that they went out and did that. Because if you look at it, the Steelers got Mika Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins. Mika is electric on that defense. You know why? Because the pass rush is insane. And you're telling Mika, hey, ball hawk everything else, and you can slam somebody if they come towards you. He, Bro, he thrives. It's crazy when you see that. So I definitely agree with what everybody said. I got another thing that I want to talk about. The Frank Clark thing with him getting arrested for the Uzi in California. I don't know if you guys are like know like the California gun laws. They're probably the strictest out of any state like across the country that we have. So yeah. it's honestly not his first run in with getting arrested for a gun, unfortunately. He got arrested in March with another person. They found two firearms in the car in Kansas City. 
So I don't know if it's starting to look like repeated behavior at this point. I like him as an athlete. Like, you know, he does, he, he, he does good when he's healthy. But I'm starting to look at it like Kansas City might let go of him for, like, conduct detrimental to the team and save on having to pay him because he has a big contract. Like, their defense is bad, but do you think if you save money from letting him go, maybe you can go ask the pass. Like, hey, we'll take Gilmore off you, and we'll give you a pick. Imagine you pair Gilmore with Ladarius Sneed, and then they trade it for a huge from the Vikings. Like, that would – I don't think the Patriots would give them Gilmore, but just to add someone else on defense, you could let go of Clark would be, like, a big deal to me. So, we got the AFC North this week. Uh, Steve, go ahead and give me your record predictions for everybody. Where do you think everybody's landing? Who's winning the division? Who's well, putting me front and center? Hey, <laughs> yeah, I had to. Well, clearly, Nick and I are going to disagree on this. And uh, I think I messaged you earlier with his comments uh, that were very highly inappropriate to the Ravens. Uh, not only do I think they're going to be first in the AFC North, I don't just say that because I'm a Ravens fan. I say that because I think they're just the most complete team. Uh, we did a way too early win loss projections and I, you know, you go big or go home. I have them going 13 and four for first place. I, have I, I think Mark is lying to you. <laughs> I think Mark is lying to you. I'll, I'm going next. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you finish. I, I got to go find that clip of, uh, I, I couldn't hear exactly what it was, but I thought it was like those crappy Ravens or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Second, and I was, you know, rewind it. And I was like, he didn't just say that, did he? After you guys asked me to come on the show and. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. He, he was playing with his, uh, his podcast days that day. Like he almost got booted right then and there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have the, I mean, this is obviously you kind of lean towards your team. I think this could go like plus or minus most likely minus two wins. But, uh, the weird one for them is when we were going through our records, I have them as a six and three home record and a seven and one road record. Uh, but if I had to give the rest of the division, I think, uh, I would give the Browns second place in the division, uh, again, just going by like who has the most complete team, you know, the Steelers trailed off so hard last year that, uh, you know, it's hard to believe they're, they're for real, but the thing they've got going for them is Mike Tomlin wins, wins football games. Like he, he just doesn't lose like good teams are coached by good coaches who win games. And then I think everybody with half a brain has, uh, the Bengals coming in the basement. Oh, that was very true. All right, all right. So let, let, me, let me clear the air really quick. So, Steve, <laughs> this is actually funny that you said that because I was just uh, talking junk with uh, with uh, Marquise when I said that. Because um, Terrence will tell you, he's been trying our souls every week with our team, so I, I had to fight back. Um, believe it or not, I actually have the Ravens winning the division. It's even crazier. I have them going 13-4 and four as well. I swear on everything. I can show you my notes right here. So I have them going 13-4 and four as well. Um I think that they actually, so they start the year with a, y'all start the year with an incredibly easy schedule, right? So going into week, up to week nine, it's a outside of the KC game, obviously. I think you have a pretty easy schedule. Then you go through the gauntlet at the end of the year, and that's where some of the losses start coming in. So I have y'all winning the division at 13 and 14. And I agree with you, Steve, that uh, I kind of give like a two or three give or take win and loss, you know, because any given Sunday, um, so Cleveland could also win the division. I have them going 12 and five. 
Um, but I, I think I got the, the Ravens edging it. Whoever doesn't win the division will obviously get a wild card. This is one of the stronger divisions. I got Pittsburgh humbly coming back in this year. I think they have, you know, Mike, like you said, Mike Tomlin wins ball games regardless of what's going on. I got them going nine and eight. And for any of our Bengals fans watching, I'm really sorry I had to do this to y'all, but I'm, I'm as honest as it gets. I don't, me and Marquise were talking before the podcast. I don't give sympathy wins. I got y'all going two and 15 this year, uh, beating the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the New York Jets. That's about, that's about it. So that, that's my, that's my prediction for the division. You cruel. You cruel. What did y'all say? You know what's funny for the people that don't like you know the people that are gonna listen to this through Spotify and Apple and don't watch it on YouTube. Terrence's reactions are the best reactions because we reviewed them. <laughs> so his reactions, if you watch it on YouTube, you're gonna see it. It's amazing. So uh, Terrence, who you got winning and what do you got looking like? All right, so neither one of y'all get mad at me, right? However, <laughs> I got the Browns winning the division at twelve and five, right? And I got y'all coming in second, 11, six. The reason I got the Browns winning the division. So unlike Steve, don't get mad at me, Steve. I feel like the Browns have the most complete team. Like from top to down, their roster, like, man, it's, it's hard to argue that, honestly. They return pretty much every, they return everyone on the offensive line. They have the best offensive line in football currently. And then they add John Johnson, Troy Hill, Anthony Walker, and Jadavion Clowney on defense. Like, I don't even need to talk about, you know, their defense and everything. It's just like. All right, so where you got the Steelers playing? Like, they, they add a lot of pieces to their defense. So the reason I have y'all, so y'all did ask Cindy Watkins and Rashad Bateman to help out Lamar. But y'all did lose y'all top rusher in Matt Judon and Ndokwe. And then, obviously, the thing with y'all is y'all get a lot of pressure, but not a lot of sacks. But, you know, y'all did have the highest blitz percentage last year. And then I expect to see the same, honestly, more the same this year coming. Um, then I have Steelers coming in third. I actually have them coming in eight and nine. So I feel like they added Najee Harris, but I don't feel like they've done enough to help their run game, which has been horrible since they, since pretty much, you know, um, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been there. I mean, it hasn't been the same. And they have been relying on, um, they've been relying on Big Ben a little bit too much. And, you know, as he's getting older, he, you know, he's not looking the same, honestly. Um, and the Bengals, unlike Nick over here, I got them coming in at 6-11. and 11. I got them in a couple more games. Because um, offensively, they will be fun to watch, but their defense will obviously struggle. So, J- um, Hey, I ain't going to lie to you. Jesse Bates the only person I know on that defense. <laughs> Listen. They let I mean, William Jackson go to the, the football team. Jesse Bates is the only person I know on that defense. I'm so mad about the Penny Sewell. I, I love the Jamar Chase pick from the perspective yeah. of, you know, they know each other, uh, him and Joe Burrow. But y'all pass up on Penny Sewell. That was so sorry to me. I'm sorry. I mean, for the Beatles, they added Trey Hendrickson, but they lost Carl Lawson, so it was kind of like a wash. Then they added, what, a Uzi at the corner. They added from the Steelers. And then Larry... Ogun Joby. Um, so they added a lot of experience, but how much is that really going to help them, you know, make plays? I'm being real disrespectful. I'm sorry. I know DJ Reader on defense is defensive tackle. Hey, let, me, <laughs> let me throw that out there. I think DJ Reader is really good. So let me put some respect on DJ Reader real quick. But y'all right. just disrespecting the Bengals today, huh? All right. Yeah. It's one of those days <laughs> every day here. Two and 15. 
All right, so this is what I got everybody shaking out as. I got – it's weird. I got the Brownies and us going 12-5. and five. So, I think we're actually going to be tied. I think they're going to own the split. We do go through the gauntlet at the end. It's like after that bye, it's week eight. From week nine to, like, the end, it's you're, it's competitive football. But I feel like it's good for them because I remember we went 14-2 and two and they had that time off because they had the best record. They didn't play for a while. And you can see it impacted those young guys. Like when they came back, they just weren't ready. So I feel like it's kind of good that they're going to go through the gauntlet. You know, maybe the Brownies, you know, get, they get the, the lead. Uh, I got the Steelers going eight and nine. I don't think this year Tom is going to be able to pull them to be 500. It's going to be rough. Like there's no offensive line. Najee Harris, he could go off. And I still don't think it's going to work because Ben is still going to have to do some craziness on uh for to get the ball out of his hand and they let like mike hilton he's on the Bengals now so you know they, they're still deep on defense i'm not worried about their defense just offensively we have their uh who is it their, their right guard they let go of uh villanueva we have him now so he's not there he's really good in the past passing like attack for them so that's gone i got the Bengals getting five games this year five out of 12 so they're going five and 12 like you guys said them taking Chase is it's wild. I get it. You know, they're the one team that respected what their quarterback wanted. You know, Aaron Rodgers over there wanting everything, and it hasn't gotten it. The rookie comes in, hey, I want you to draft my favorite target from when I was at LSU, okay? You think he actually wanted them? Like, he, he wanted his boy, and Jamar Chase is a freak, and I don't think that's a bad pick, like Nick said, but, like, you look at that picture of his knee and I've, I've had an ACL myself. His knee is mangled. I think he wanted Panay Sewell and I think he got Jamar chase and he was still okay with it. Like if I'm the quarterback and I'm like, Oh boy, like I've got two seconds to get rid of this ball. Well, they run slants the whole time. Like we, they, te- he, they said that he texted, yeah, he texted chase the day before and said that he was going to be a banger coming to us. Yeah. So I actually think I think he did want Jamar Chase, and I get it. You know, that's your boy. Like, who you, we've all played. I'm mean, Steve. I don't know if you played sports, but we all spoke about this. You know, on multiple occasions. Um, when you there's a different type of brotherhood playing sports. So I get wanting that, but it is wild to me. Like Aaron Rodgers has been begging for weapons for decades, for or literally two decades now, and cannot get anything. And, and I get it. Joe Burrow is that dude to me. I think he could be like one of the new faces in the league, but you're not going to get to see that potential if his knees are getting blown out every, every year, you know? So I, I agree with you, Steve. Uh, I actually, I disagree with you from the perspective that he didn't want Jamar Chase. I think that's the reason they took him. Hope, I, I hope it pans out. I hope they become like Brady and Randy Moss in, in 07, but you know, I don't, that's don't gonna be rough. want him. Like, I don't, I, I don't think he said like, I don't want Jamar Chase. I just think he is probably smart enough. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's maybe he was pulling the cards for Jamar Chase. And, you know, he got what Aaron Rodgers didn't. But look at what Aaron Rodgers has done with a stacked O-line. Like, he's making nobody's look good. Oh, yeah. And he also happens to have Devontae Adams. But hey, you uh, heard him. He liked throwing the ball to 17. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's weird because I don't think Burrow's that athletic like Herbert. Like, people don't understand. Herbert is actually really athletic. Like, if you watch him play at Oregon, he's, like, pretty athletic. Like, he doesn't do it as much. But, like, he's actually really athletic. Joe's not that athletic. 
So you're going to say the kid that got injured, he just tore his knee, like Steve said, and you're not going to give him the left out. You're going to be like, no, what guy, we're going to get the receiver. We'll figure but it out. Seen as much if he keep running with Chase Young like he did last year, he won't see much of him. <laughs> and that's the thing. He he's gonna see that Pittsburgh defense that is stacked on like the defensive line. Like and they blitz would like I don't in that division and you got Miles Garrett it is not healthy if I was the GM to be like, Yeah, we're gonna take Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is gonna do amazing, but I wouldn't have took him if I was the GM. I'm like, hey, we're taking Penny so you can stay over there and cry at Burrow all you want. You're going to thank me in like two years because <laughs> Tyler Boyd is more than serviceable. And they got uh, T Higgins. Like that's what's confusing. You just took T Higgins last year. So I don't know. It's yeah. that that's weird to me. They're going to be fun to watch offensively, but they defense. I mean, and now offensive line, we, I mean, we're we going to have to see something. Another thing is, you know, the Bengals made it clear. I think he averaged like 35 pass attempts a game. Like they're going to air it out. You got to have protection. Yeah, so I just think it, it's they they love down a little bit. So we're gonna maybe they it. know something we don't know. I mean, I'm <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> bro. I, I hope they do well, but like, I mean, I'll let y'all know how I feel. They within the house, so you know they're in the house. We're outside the house looking in. Maybe they, there is something going on there that we don't know. Hey, some some come from. I just said I hope they do well, and only gave them two games. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's a difference between hope and realism. <laughs> that's the gms know just like a little more than your casual fan uh, i mean minus bill o'brien but you know <laughs> GMs, the benefit of the doubt saying like they probably have more information than we do as like armchair gms um but i'm oh, on the other side of the i don't hope he does well like i i hope he gets rocked all the time <laughs> why, why would i want to see somebody in my own division just light the league up like i'm be another Carson Palmer get just hammered all the time and not do anything in your career I would be more than happy with that <laughs> hey I ain't gonna lie so he's keeping it real but I don't even think with the defenses he's gonna see he's gonna be able to do that much like he's gonna yeah. he, at times he's gonna light it up but not within the division he's not gonna light it up I mean you gotta deal with the secondary of the Ravens and then just the overall defense of the Browns the pass rush of the, the Steelers, I mean, he's going to have a horrible time. Oh, he's got to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. Man. You know they're not winning too many games if he's throwing the ball. And, so. and they're veteran coaches. Like, they're good coach, defensive coaches. Like, yeah. what? Like, all right, best of luck. Harbaugh, to Tomlin. It's, it's oh. going to be a rough time. Yeah, so we, we already brought up, like, we were switching gears to the defenses anyway. I'm going to just run through them real quick, and y'all let me know what you think. So, the Steelers, they're the best defense in the division. I don't really care what anybody, the three of y'all got to say about this. I'm like, you know, they, they're the best defense in the division. They just lost Hilton. They lost uh, Bud. He's on the Titans, but he's he was injured, so they didn't really – they played without him. I got the Brownies coming in second, Steve. I don't got us, but I'll get there too. I got the Browns. They added everything they needed. At most, they only the other thing they could have added was maybe a middle linebacker. But they got Javon Cloudy on the outside with Miles Garrett. They got Johnson in the secondary. And if Denzel Ward is healthy, he's like one of the faster corners. Like he's fast. Like you're not burning by him at all. Like sex for probably Tiger Hill. He's, he's definitely still burning. But you got that. And then I got us third, like uh, Terrence alluded to earlier. We lost two of our pass rushers, even though Yannick, uh, I can't say his last name. He, he didn't really get any sacks for us. Uh, I think we overpaid with Judon. I love him. I think he's a great fit. He's he's a good cog to have, but I think we 
we got sucked because we didn't have any money. We didn't really have the money. So we just kept, we just tagged them. We're like, hey, you're getting tagged. So we got that. Bengals dead last. William Jackson's on the football team. They got Mike Hilton, but you're dead last. I hope DJ Reader does good, but that's it. What you got it looking like, Steve? Uh, yeah, like I'm not here to pump my team up when I don't think they are. I, I agree. I think you hit it exactly. I think Cleveland uh, is just slightly better than us just because of that pass rush question. Like we don't know what it looks like. We week five, this could be a whole different conversation, but until you prove stuff, you don't really, you can't really say like, we're the best. I agree. The Steelers top to bottom, you know, they've got a strong front seven. They're getting a bunch of guys back, even though they lost um, Bud Dupree, um, they've got big guys in the back that can make plays all over the field. Um, the, yeah, the Ravens, the big question is going to be if those young kids can get after it. Cause we know that we've got some good run stuffers. We've got the best cornerback duo in the league. I don't care what you say. Um, well, that's documented. They're the best. You ain't got to argue. <laughs> There's a lot of heat on that, whether they are or whether they aren't. But, um, and yeah, the Bengals are clearly in last. Like they, there's just a whole lot of nothing going on there, which, which is kind of crazy. Cause when you think about even five years ago, like they had a solid defense full of like a bunch of just playmakers and difference makers. And it just fell apart. Like I don't know if that's like a coaching cultural kind of change where we're going to be like a run and gun offensive team, but they, they look so sad on defense and I love it. Well, they had the issue of where, like, remember they were, like, competitive for a couple of years, like, with Chad and Carson Palmer and the defense. Like, they were just competitive. And then they just cliff died from competitive. Like, they, they had Andy Dalton and AJ for a little bit, and then it just nosedived. And I was, like, it's weird because I remember seeing that. Like, and I'm like, okay, you know, they've always been kind of there. Like, the Browns were the team. Like, oh, you're horrible. Stay over there. And then you just watch the Bengals just boom. And it's weird. Like, I don't know if they'll be able to rebound, like, with what they're doing now. What do you guys look at? Like Nick. I, uh, my bad. Um, no, you. I actually don't think that it was like actually a while that they were they were always good, right? Like they never became great because Marvin Lewis. I think it was like nine or ten years straight they made the playoffs and didn't get a single playoff win. They went directly from the Carson Palmer era directly into the Andy Dalton era with some solid teams, solid offenses, solid defenses. And I don't know where to shot about whether it was defense or you know or. Uh, the talent that they had in their team or the coaching, but you know, they could never get over that hump. That one year when Vontez Burfitt uh, killed uh, Antonio Brown, they had that game in the bag and then put uh, old boy in the in field goal range and lost the game. That was the one that they had. Um, but to get to the defenses, I'm going to go, uh, and maybe I'm just doing this kind of like how we do an OT, just to give a different take. I'm going to go with uh, Cleveland taking the stand this year to uh, take the jump. So the reason why I'm taking Cleveland is because I think everyone looks at how much Pittsburgh's offense overachieved. And don't get me wrong, Pittsburgh's defense is, is one of the best in the NFL. I'm not saying that, that they're not. But I think the defense overachieved a little bit as well. We saw how weak their schedule was all year. They, they played some pretty weak offenses. Um, for instance, you know, they could say things like, oh, we had to play Deshaun Watson, but Bill O'Brien decimated the offensive line and obviously got rid of Deshaun's best receiver. Um, I think they kind of overachieved a little bit from the defensive perspective. While 
Pittsburgh lost some pieces on defense, and all Cleveland did was get better. You know, we keep talking about the Jadavian Clowney thing. It's a, it's not a question of talent. It's a question of, is he going to be healthy? Same thing with Denzel Ward. You, you already touched on it. One of the better cornerbacks in the league. If he's healthy, that defense is going to look ridiculous. So I got them number one. I got, I do have Pittsburgh number two, so I'm not, I'm not going to be a hater about that. I, I definitely think they're right there, and they could be number one. Um, and the only reason why I have, and I think we all agree that Baltimore is lagging a little bit is just because the pass rush is a little suspect. And we saw that in today's day and age, pass rush might actually be more important than coverage. And y'all have the best, I, in my opinion, undoubtedly the best pass coverage in the game. I mean, in terms of a one and two defensive back combination with Humphrey and Peterson, I mean, that is ridiculous. So, and then we're not even going to talk about Cincinnati. I mean, they're not even worth mentioning. So I think people that's, that's forget people forget that it's not like it's Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. Like it's the duo. But then you have Jimmy Smith, Tavon yeah. Austin or Tavon Young coming back healthy. Like they're deep at court, and they're like veteran dudes that know what they're doing. It's yeah. not like hey, there's a rookie here, and we're kind of like, how's he going to do? Like all these dudes know what they're doing. Like I missed that. Jimmy or I hate that Jimmy Smith early on was injured so much like he was like in and out because he's he could have been like a top corner if he never really got injured so you got that whole dynamic Terrence what's looking like for you do not say the Patriots duo is number one I might kick you out of the podcast don't do it (laughs) listen we beat that DD we we beat we beat you know that come on okay okay y'all a good number two behind us okay (sighs) No. Oh, so we went from not even top Listen. ten to now they're who? I I never said they weren't top ten. I said Listen, the Giants. Oh, the Giants. You're, you're right. You're right. Which one of y'all corners better than Stephon? Name what? Which one of y'all corners better than Stephon? Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, because Marlon. Marley, I, I think everyone would take Marlon Humphrey. It, it's funny. Listen, because Stephon's better. Stephon's better in man. Marlon can play zone, and Marlon goes in the slot, and he can play man. But don't. Yeah, I, I'll Stephon, give you the pat. I'll give you the pass though. I'll give you the pass though. Marlon in man, he does get people rip him more in man. Like you can probably get more of what you want if he lines up against your receiver in man. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. He does hold and he doesn't get called for it. It's amazing. I love it. I see it and I'm like, oh, he didn't call. All right, cool. But I mean, we got guys that's behind Stefan as well, like Jackson and Brooke. we got a couple guys behind him that are pretty good. You know, got the, the Brady and the Monsters as well. But to get to y'all division, because <laughs> I ain't even bring it up. It won't even me. I'm behaving today. So I'm going to Browns number one defensively. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, they like Nick said, they added JD, Troy Hill, John Johnson, Anthony Walker. Denzel Ward comes back. He's one of the top corners. And then you got Miles Garrett still. I mean, honestly, like top to bottom defensively, I mean, their, their roster on paper is, is looking kind of, you know, OD, low key. <laughs> so, you know, if they don't get hit with injury blood or anything like that, they're going to be, they're going to be tough to beat. And I got, them, I got them winning the chip. Remember that. Go ahead, Terrence. <laughs> behind them, I do have the Steelers. Um, they did lose a couple key pieces. But we all know that their pass rush is still elite. Um, and then I got the Ravens coming in third. They lost a couple pieces. Pass rush wasn't really great. And, you know, losing the top pass rush they had, I feel like definitely is going to have an impact. But I feel like 
like I said earlier, you, you guys are going to blitz a lot. So it's going to kind of make up for it. Um, and then the Bengals, you know, they're still last. They, they add a little bit of experience, but I don't feel like they added enough that's going to make, you know, they're going to be difference makers. I feel like they just added some experience, but they didn't add difference makers to their defense. So I think the big thing that people don't take into account when they're ranking defense is like when I, when I was thinking about this coming on here, uh, I had a really hard time ranking the difference between the Ravens, Steelers and Browns. Like those, if, 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 you know, the Steelers were first Ravens, second Browns, third, or any combination of those top three, I would not be surprised. But I think the thing we, tend to kind of overlook is how good Baltimore and Cleveland are on offense in terms of possessing the ball so that their defense does not have to be on the field for like 40 minutes a game. Um, You know, the best thing you can do for your defense is just run the ball, control the clock, and you don't expose them. You don't tire them out. Um, So for me, I, I could put the Steelers down lower because I don't think they're going to possess the ball with that. But again, any combination of those three um, would not surprise me. Uh, I think the sure thing is obviously the Bengals in last. Um, (laughs) Nick was talking about like the last time they won a playoff game or like um, they went to what nine or 10 in a row. Did you guys see that thing talking about the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, the internet wasn't even close to being discovered yet. (laughs) <laughs> like it, it. it was 1991 and the internet came out was the quarterback, yeah. right? you, you know like, what's crazy about them is that i remember a game that they actually like i was, I was wondering if they were going to win it aj mccarran stepped in i don't know if andy was out and they were playing pit they almost beat pit he missed aj green i think in the corner like it just slightly missed up they almost sent pit back in like that year and i was like damn and it was like a good game like I'm shocked like AJ McCarron didn't pan out after that because he was balling in that like that moment. So I don't know. It would be I think like we we all got the same general idea of the defenses. The Steelers defense, you know, the Browns still got to prove it, you know, with all the additions. But the Steelers are a top defense in the league. You know, even losing, you got to think they lost Bud and Devin, but they played without them. Like they didn't lose them. You know, week twelve. You know. Them dudes were like early losses and them boys just still rolled out. But like much to Steve said, keeping your defense out there too long. I think this is probably going to be the year where it shows like it might be a problem for them. Like Tom was a great coach, but just keeping those guys out there like, hey, you got to sit there and go up and down the field the whole time. And the offense is probably going to turn the ball over. So that is a big issue. I'm going to go to the biggest concerns with each team. So I'm going to just actually I'm going to name the team and then y'all tell me you tell me the concern. So Terrence. What's the concern with the Browns? Honestly, it, it, it was tough to even come up with a concern for me. But honestly, I'm high on the Browns this year. But for me, I feel like the biggest concern for them, now they got OBJ coming back, is Mayfield not forcing the ball to OBJ. Um, so we all know how OBJ can get if he's not getting the ball, he's not playing well. So fighting with the kicking nets, you know, losing to the kicking nets. And, you know, just being a, a total diva. Um, so... If he can change his mindset and be a, a team player, I feel like, and, you know, doesn't get all in Baker's ear and Baker doesn't feel like, oh, I need to force feed OBJ the ball. Because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that they have the best O-line, top running game, playmakers at tight end, receiver, just every level. So I feel like if Baker can not turn the ball over, I feel like they have, honestly, a legit chance of 
going to the Super Bowl this year. Um, so for them, the biggest, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, I, I don't see, honestly, anywhere else where they have like a big hole or a gap that needs to be filled anywhere else besides mm-hmm. Baker, you know, solid play from Baker. And I feel like they're going to be fine, honestly. That's all, that's all. I agree with that. Uh, I just think the difference for me on the Browns is just the defense gelling. If the defense could all gel with those new pieces, then that's another thing. I don't think Baker will do bad. I think he understands now. Like I can't force feed Odell. Like we did good yeah. without him. I can't I can't force feed this man because they they're deep at receiver. And yeah, they're they, they got Austin Hooper at tight end. They're they got weapons. Like you ain't got to force feed Odell. So that is a good point, like he said. Uh, yeah, exactly. They did they they managed to, you know, he's not leaving, he's not getting traded. So, yeah. Steve, what do you got the Ravens looking like? Um, I think the easiest, I guess, spot to point out for the Ravens' biggest concern is that pass rush. We already talked about that, but I'm more concerned about that offensive line gelling together. Um, I, I feel like offensive line gets crapped on a little bit here with, like, there's, there's sort of an afterthought, but it's such a huge part of football um, you know, they have Ronnie Stanley coming back off of a big injury, Bozeman's moving positions. Um, you might have a rookie playing one of the guards. You just brought in Zeitler. Uh, you also brought in Villanueva. Maybe Tyree Phillips takes that spot. There's just so many questions. I, I like the outlook of it. There's a lot of good pieces there. But again, it's going back to, you know, what do you, what, what does it look like? You haven't done anything yet. You, you don't know what that chemistry is like. And uh, if Lamar Jackson has time, give him the MVP again, man. Yeah, that's so. a solid point. I just, like you said, with the offensive line, like the pass rush is, is a scary thing to think about. But you know, like they're historically good on defense. So I have more faith in them figuring that out. Like you alluded to, the offensive line is kind of a scary thing because there's so many new pieces. I feel like with Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown, they went from like a young, like swaggier offensive line and they had Marshawn Yada for like before he left and retired to like an older, weird group getting mixed in with like the younger guys. And I'm kind of like, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, are they going to be able to benefit from each other? Like Stanley going to be able to bounce stuff off of Villanueva and Zyder to be like, okay, like let's get this going. And will they roll good? Like I want to see if Tyreek Phillips is going to develop. Like, you know, because we drafted him and he's been there. Like, now you you got to take the leap. Because we traded Orlando Brown and, like, it's pivotal that this line plays good because if they don't, I'm not hearing any Lamar slander. And I feel like if they don't play good, the Lamar slander is going to fly and I'm going to be sick. I almost had to take a trip up to Georgia in four hours and beat up Nick about the Ravens. <laughs> so, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. But, uh, Nick, I'm going to throw you the Bengals. Biggest concern with them. All right, so you <laughs> gave me you gave me the easiest and hardest hardest one at the same time because I could it's easiest because I could say anything and be right. It's the hardest because picking one, but I'll say I mean I'll pick the layup here. It's uh it's keeping Joe Burrow healthy because I mean the only I I hate to do this to the Bengals fans you know but the only thing good going for them is what you have at quarterback. So you so. It's no surprise to anybody. I hate that it, is, that it is this way, but the quarterback is the shining moment of any team. So the fact that you have your guy, I think we can all agree Joe Burrow could be a generational talent. Um, and the fact that you didn't really do much to get protection for him is going to be a concern. Um, it's going to be really hard to see how they are 
planning to protect him when you had him throwing so much last year. I get it. You got Jamar Chase. You have Higgins. You have weapons to throw to, and it sounds great in theory, but if he's getting blasted every single play, and then on top of that, you know, Steve, you made a great point with defenses, uh, talking about the offense controlling the tempo and saving your defense. Well, what about defenses getting stops and uh, kind of giving some relief for the offense? I mean, there's not much for Joe Burrow to look forward to. I know he thinks his boy's coming and it's going to look great, but at the end of the day, I, I really don't see a way that they can keep him healthy long-term if they're going to throw that many times. Definitely. You know, fun fact, actually, this might be like a hot take or a hot, like, spill real quick. Joe Mixon would be a top five running back that they had offensive line. I'm going to let you know that, that man is a dog. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. If you and, and Steve, I agree with Steve. You know, I'm a huge – I've said it all since day one of this podcast. I'm a huge believer in offensive line. Um, I mean, we saw it in the 90s with the Cowboys. The Cowboys, everyone loves to talk about everybody else, but they were winning chips because of the offensive line. Emmitt Smith is going down as a, one of the GOAT running backs because of the offensive line. So I believe in it 100%, and this offense is going to get a, a rude awakening next year. Yeah, but definitely. I guess I'll do, you know, Steelers since they're the only team left. There's only four teams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like the Steelers. I, I got a friend named Blake. I talk so much trash to him about the Steelers. They're horrible. They're not horrible. I just wish they were horrible. I talk. That's my smack for them. Uh, the big concern with them is Big Ben. I think Big Ben, he's more or less going to be a Hall of Famer. But you just had this man throw the ball so much last year. And if Najee Harris doesn't get rolling, like, you, you need him to get rolling. But if he doesn't, Ben's throwing the ball, like, 30, 40 times again. And I just don't think that's beneficial. And I think another concern that people aren't thinking about is the cap issues that they might inherit here soon they gotta pay tj watt who's arguably one of the best outside linebackers at, at, at getting to the quarterback and just all over the field they have to pay him they gotta pay mika fitzpatrick like you gotta figure out if you're gonna bring back juju you still gotta address the quarterback issue in the room i feel like they're gonna have to make some hard decisions this year or going into the, uh, the offseason next year and i wouldn't be surprised if maybe they move someone on defense i don't know who it would be like, I don't know which piece, you know, you would bargain. That way you can get draft capital back or get uh, offensive talent back on the other side, you know. Maybe you – I don't even know. You can't – like, who would you pick on the defense to stay so long to, Steve, on the Steelers? Someone to get rid of on the Steelers? Yeah, for like a draft capital to get back or a player, you know, to help the offense. I mean, I would look probably to like premium positions, so – you know, maybe a Joe Hayden where he's coming off like bigger seasons where, yeah, it would probably hurt to lose your number one corner. I think people are going to find out who Cam Sutton is this year. If you don't know him, that he's scary. So uh, not looking forward to that. I hope I'm wrong on it for sure. Um, you could also move someone, you know, one of those big boys up front to a team who needs to like stop the run and stop the bleeding. So, do they want to get rid of a Cam Hayward? Probably not, because that's kind of like that nastiness on that defense. But, you know, you got to, if you want something back, you got to give something up in return. So um, I, I just think there's Minka, there's Devin Bush, and there's TJ Watt. Anyone else get rid of, if you were to get rid of someone. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to have that big of cap issues. 
when, once Ben is gone, that frees up a ton of money and we forget how much he is raking in and they have some young people. Yeah. TJ Watt's going to get some money. Uh, Devin Bush will as well. Minka will as well. Um, you can be creative in how you front load or end load or, you know, spread it out. Maybe use those voidable years we've been hearing about that mythical creature. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I feel like that's a Patriot thing that came about. Uh, Cause for so many years, it was like, you know, the Patriots would just release somebody and there would seem like seemingly no ramifications for, okay, we just get rid of them. No cap issues, no nothing. And we just grab somebody else. Hey, but if you look at us, you want to talk about us. We got, we do this great thing where it's called, you know, we get rid of these guys before they hit the clip. So that's what we do. That's all I'm going to say. Um, quick question though, Keith, since you had the Steelers. What's up? I feel like the Steelers O-line were just made better by Le'Veon's run style? Or do you think they haven't really been that good, but Le'Veon just his patience in the hole was the difference to make them seem like they were better than they actually were. No, I think that the line was better at that point. Not great. I think they were better. They were all playing good together and they had built in the wave of, so they had another piece. They were, they're, they're like a veteran offensive line, you know, at that point. And Le'Veon was super dynamic. Like I think they're expecting Najee Harris to be that. And that line is not what it was. I mean, Le'Veon, got that line you know what i'm saying it wasn't the best in football like he didn't don't get me wrong he didn't have a zeke offensive line but he had a better than middle of the pack offensive line like if i had to guess that offensive line was probably ranked better than 15th you know they were probably somewhere up in above 15 or maybe at 16 and i don't think that line is at that point now to have a rookie you know i think Najee Harris is special but you're gonna have him have to be as dynamic as Le'Veon bell I think they're I think they're gonna try to give him that same type of role because they say his hands, you know, he didn't have to really catch the ball too much at Bama, but they say he has very natural hands. And I mean he says the same thing, like he doesn't understand, you know, what it is that people that think that he can't catch the ball. But I feel like they're gonna try to do the same, you know, try to play around him like they did Le'Veon, to give him a lot of touches, um, running the ball, screens. But if the if the line ain't like how it's, how how it was, it ain't gonna like I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, because I'm gonna say, <laughs> like, is he all pro Le'Veon Bell at his prime coming in, and not here coming into the league? Is that you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they they're the same type of players if you look at it. Like, athletic wise, like they're not the fastest, but you know they're pretty shifty. They can make guys miss. I mean, they're the same type of players. They can catch the ball at the backfield. I so mean, you're saying you're saying prime Le'Veon. I'm this is what I'm saying. I'm saying prime Le'Veon that was getting the Pro Bowls that was helping the Steelers win. <laughs> That's going to be Najee Harris. I mean, I ain't going to say that's going to be him this year. Okay, then there's there we go. We got the answer. He got the potential. <laughs> you know, he got the potential. What you think, Steve? I think we forget how good that Steelers O-line in that, like, 2016 kind of range was. Um, Marquise, you said, like, maybe 15th, like, middle of the pack. I Without actually going back and looking up stats, I think they were probably maybe even top five. Like you had Pouncey in his prime. Oh yeah, exactly. Had, I forgot. Uh, DeCastro, who was just coming up, and he was a mauler. They had Marcus Gilbert on the outside. Villanueva was a tower on the other side, and then they had Ramon Foster. And all of those guys were big, physical, nasty, and it was the perfect style for Le'Veon to just explode because they could hold back a pass rush 
let him find that hole. And like Levion's fantastic. He's a remarkable talent, but you paired him with the perfect O-line to make his running style work. And like, uh, I started following college football about like maybe like 12 years ago when I picked Bama, obviously they were like rolling at the time, um, have stuck with them ever since. I think Najee is an absolute freak. And I, obviously I hate that he went to the Steelers. That was the only time the entire draft that I screamed out loud. No. Um, (laughs) but I I just think like, as good as you are, if you don't have room or time to work, you're going to get stuffed in the backfield. Like look at Barry Sanders, man. Like that dude had to start running from five yards back all the time. Like as many, as many, as good as he was and as many yards as he got, doesn't he hold the record for like the most tackles for a loss because he would get the ball and he's like, what do I do with this? There's like five dudes on me right now. Where do I go? And he would just make magic happen. Like he was, I think he might be the best running back to ever play the game. If he had even a competent O-line. And that's where I think Najee is going to just like get blown up. Unfortunately, you said it best, Barry Sanders. And that line was awful, but he was great. I just want people to remember that Barry Sanders. (laughs) People talk about Emmett all the time. Barry Sanders and Eric Dickerson. People, I feel like they don't get enough respect. Like Emmett gets all love. Of course you get Walter, but Barry Sanders with the no offensive line and him and Eric Dickerson running to one side of the field. And then be like, Oh no, this is going to work. Let me go back this way. Like, that's, that's just crazy. I just got to say something really quick. So, uh, I've said this on an episode before, Steve, is uh, I, I truly believe this. Barry Sanders would have been the first running back ever to have 3,000 yards in the season if he played for those Cowboys teams. Um, and and just to let, let the children out there know, yes, you're, you are right. He, he has the most negative yardage ever in an NFL career. But that's why everyone always brings up his line uh, from the line of scrimmage yards because he also has the most yards from the line of scrimmage also. So think about how crazy good you have to be to have the most negative yards ever and have the most yards from line of scrimmage. I mean, I I think we all agree Barry's one of the GOATs. Uh, To me, he is the GOAT. But if not the GOAT to you, he's got to be one of them, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it's it's between Barry and Eric. I don't count Walter because I wasn't live like – you know, I see Walter highlights, and I know he's special. But, I mean, I, I'm taking either Eric or Barry. That's where I'm rocking for the, the top seed. Uh, we're going to change it up a little bit, answer some uh, questions real quick. Not the overtime questions. Don't get twisted. We're not there yet. But, uh, Steve, I'm going to start with you. Do you think Baker is worth the money, and what type of deal, if you had to judge off of other quarterbacks, would you give him? Uh, this is probably going to be – contrary to most people but uh one of my best friends was a groomsman at my wedding uh he is a diehard browns fan so we've talked a lot of browns and yes baker is worth paying they haven't like they haven't had anybody are they going to overpay for him yes what's the alternative to go through johnny to go through brandon whedon to go like you know, you see those shirts with all the quarterbacks that they've listed. And uh, I think they're just tired of that. Like, you know, if Kirk Cousins can get record setting deals, why can't Baker? Baker puts up, Baker can put up Kirk Cousins numbers. Has he? Not quite yet. But again, we're talking about a guy who's just three years into the league. Um, I actually don't think this is a, 
as big of an issue right now as it will be later on. Maybe if they want to extend him to kind of lower some of that cap hit later on, it might be a good idea, but he's still got his fourth year deal. He's still got that fifth year option being a first round pick. Um, You know, I don't think you have to pay him more than let's say top 10 money. And to be honest, like Marquise and I know like, quarterbacks reset markets all the time. Joe Flacco did it. You bet on him. So maybe they want to do it earlier so they can pay him a little less to save in the future and maybe spread that out through some of his rookie years. But uh, I think he is worth paying it. He is the reason that team is so just they're relevant again. Like his attitude, everything about that dude is like leadership. Everything about him is like nastiness we don't care what you think we're going to come show you. And let's be realistic. They went into Pittsburgh last year, smashed the steel, like smashed them harder than I've ever seen a team get beat in the playoffs. And I was just loving that. And if you guys remember the chiefs game, that's a 50, 50 shot of winning that game and taking out the chiefs. Like uh, it all starts with the quarterback. You have a relevant one. Don't let that dude go. No matter what I'm paying him top 10 money. And by the end of his contract, that's going to be a team-friendly looking contract. They had Chad Henney hit that run for like 10 yards. That's why, right? Yeah. So now that they're at JV on Clowney, I'm betting on JV on Clowney derails Chad Henney if that happens. So yeah. we don't got to worry about that again. Uh, I think the only thing that you, like you brought up, Steve, I don't know for me personally where I would pay him, but like you said, he is the reason why dog pound is dog pound. Like his whole attitude and demeanor, and I feel like, the same way Dak got his money, it might be the reason Baker is going to get his money. But if Baker gets his money, that means Lamar is getting a ridiculous deal. Because if I feel like if Baker doesn't win this year, right, that might be the only reason they don't have to bust the bank with Baker. But if Baker somehow slides in and even gets to the Super Bowl, he's going to get that Jared Goff type of money where they're like, oh, well, you got us to the Super Bowl. Here. So but I isn't feel- that what you want? Isn't that a good problem to have? Like, if your guy takes you to the Super Bowl, aren't you more than happy paying him that he finally showed he could get over that hump and and get you there? I think, I I think that used to be the dynamic, but then since what happened with golf and the Rams, it scares you to do that. I think now, because golf did it, and then it kind of was like oh, you played really great when you got Sean McMahon, and then you just cliff dived. So what is going on now? And I feel like I don't think Baker would take that type of cliff dive, but I feel like that would, you know, the Browns historically have been bad. So I don't think they would want to overspend and Baker does that cliff dive. And then they're, all right, we got all these pieces. Now we got to reset everything to figure out how we're going to get the quarterback. Because then I mean, that's, he's definitely going to have to prove it this year, though. To, yeah. to, he's definitely going to have to prove it. So I, I definitely think he does, you know, have to prove this year that he is the engine of that team, you know, and what keeps him dry. So. I mean, to your point, I feel like, I mean, he definitely does. Like, he, he has a good year. You know, they're going to bring out the bank for him. But, you know, like Steve said, I mean, he, you're not going to pay him, you know, Patrick Mahomes or that money. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, you, you've went through RG3. You went through uh, – there's a list. You know, there's a list of guys who keep going number one and it's just not panning out for you. And you finally got one that's competent, one that can actually – you know, keep the offense together, move the ball, score, all of that. So I feel like, you know, I feel like they're, they're going to yeah. 
not sure, like you said, what they're going to pay out, but I feel like it's important to, to come in for sure. You're right, Terrence. Uh, I don't know when RG3 was a Brown, but, you know, you had it. You said that. I, 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 I get what you're saying. I, I was, hey, was going to let it. I was going to let it. I get what you're saying. Go, go, go. I was gonna let it ride. I'm like, he just. But I'm like, thank he you. He was on like, Washington, but yeah. what I was gonna say is, I actually think Marquise and Steve, y'all make great points. Both of y'all make great points because one, it's a good problem to have when you're you're trying to figure out if you're gonna pay. Steve, I don't know how familiar you are with my takes on Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan, we've been overpaying that dude since, since day one. So uh, if you're gonna overpay someone like Baker, I'll give Baker this. He's more athletic, has a stronger arm. Yes, he's undersized. We all know he's probably about. He's listed at six foot. It's probably more like 5'10", 5'11". Um, my thing is with Baker is he is. He's a gamer. I like people that are gamers. And what I mean by that is they're not scared of the moment. They're not scared to throw it in there. You know, Brett Favre has for a, or had for a while the most touchdowns. He also had the most interceptions. Why? Because he wasn't scared to throw the football. Um, and with an arsenal of weapons like Baker has, it's worthy of spending that type of money. We saw what happened with Kirk Cousins when he had Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, you know, they were willing to pay him that type of money. They had a good offensive line. You know, they had Rudolph a tight end. Um, I think he's better than, I actually, I really, really believe he's better than Kirk Cousins. Um, So we went, so listen, hear me out, Marquise, I see your face, but you know, we went about uh, the, the year before last season, he had like an interception. I think it was every week of the year post week five. I could be wrong on that, but it was like every week post week five, he had an interception. This last season, he went nine weeks straight without a turnover in the game. So if you can take one step like that, just by a coaching change, by adding Stefanski to the mix, to the mix, um, I truly believe, and, you know, obviously the jury is out on whether it's not he's trying to force the ball to OBJ. Um, in this game, if you don't have one of the top guys, having a guy that's not going to turn the ball over constantly is just as good if your team is up to par like that, and obviously the Browns aren't. So I think he should get probably top 10 money, and more so for the fact that he's got the potential to take a, a team – you know, he's driving a Lamborghini, and if he can do it, you know, take it to the promised land. Hey, listen, y'all ain't going to keep disrespecting me like I don't know my ball. I'm just letting y'all know <laughs> they've been through the ringer. Bro, RG3 played for the Browns. He played for them in 2016. He did? He did. He did, he did play. I thought we were talking about, like, starting out money. There you, you go. We're I'm talking sorry. about gambling on a quarterback. I don't hey. think the Browns are gambling on our I'm just telling y'all how much they've been through the ringer. We all know how his career has been, you know. So, yeah. you know, the type of quarterbacks that they've had, you know, in the past, you know. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I know my ball. Going back to the Jeff Garcia days, bro. I was like, that was, that was, that was, a, little, that was a little cousin animosity. That boy looked it up. He said, hold on. They, he said, I hey, want hey. respect. <laughs> as soon as he said uh, he was a Brown, I was like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot that he was a Brown. It was just like, I think people forget about it because it was that long lineage of like one after another. And it was like, when are we going to get our dude? And like Baker is the dude now. He runs. Yeah. Right. Like everything runs through that guy now. Like his interception percentage went down last year. His completion percentage, went up. Yeah. his QBR went up last year. Like Terrence hit it perfectly. He still has to prove himself. Like he has to take that team, but Last year was like that first big step of him actually taking that team somewhere. They've been to the playoffs before. 
but now they won that first game against a heated division rival. Everyone said that, you know, we're 11 and 0, are we going to be the perfect team? They took them out. They went and took like, you know, the poster boy Mahomes right to the ringer and like should have beat them if it wasn't for that one like weird play. That's not going to happen. You know, one out of a hundred times that play happens. So, I mean, at this point, like you say, Steve, he doesn't have any excuses to why you're not like from the offensive line. You got the best offensive line, a two-headed tandem duo. We haven't even talked about Nick Chubb yet. We haven't even mentioned this whole podcast. We haven't mentioned Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. We haven't mentioned Nick Chubb. Bro, you got that dude the I apologize on behalf of Cover Four with the guys to Nick Chubb. If you ever watch this episode, you that's know what I'm saying, bro. You, you got that duo that's in the backfield. You got receivers. You got tight ends. The defense. You know y'all. Y'all brought in a bunch of key pieces that can potentially be you know game changers and make a big impact for y'all. So I feel like from top to bottom, there's honestly this year there's no excuses for why they're not winning games this year. You know what's funny the. Uh... If they would have had a confident linebacker, maybe like another middle linebacker, he probably would have got Chad. Like he would have caught him before he made that first down. Like he 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 looked like he was just chilling, running the ball. Like oh, I'm gone, you know. That's so the only reason they drafted Jeremiah Usu Koromoa, they saw that guy and they're like, we are not going to fall victim to that one again. You're you're going to save us if this ever happens. <laughs> so yeah, we had that. I got a question for uh, Mr. Receiver over there. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, it's Nick. Eighth grade wide receiver, let's go. What's up? <laughs> yeah, slow, slow feet don't eat around here, Mr. Mr. Treadmill. What's the mall times? Somebody's running on the treadmill. We're not going to discuss how easy that is. I'm actually proud that Terrence came out of the woodworks and ran a six. I know Terrence out of nowhere. Just like I did six he, minutes. You know what's funny though? He called me right because we talk all the time. He Facetimes me. He's like, "Yeah, bro, like I've been hooping on Saturdays, right?" So I'm thinking Terrence is like in full dad shape, right? Like he has a little dad bot going. I'm thinking he's in full dad mode since I've seen him, right? I saw him on New Year's. So I'm like, "All right, bro, my cousin's just in dad mode. He hasn't done anything, right? This man's been hooping, right?" He FaceTimes me where he's going to run at. He's like, yeah, you think this will be, like, good enough and, like, me running with the, the app we use? I'm like, yeah, bro, like, you're good. Just start whatever you want. Comes back, drops some messages in the group chat. I'm like, yeah, you're probably going to run, like, a 730, maybe, you know, maybe a high sevens. This man ran a 7 or 658. If he he don't leave me alone, this man bro, is a liar. Told y'all, <laughs> when I ran last week, I ran a 750 last week, which you believe. Oh, you didn't say what you ran last week. Okay. So I there, did. Nick, I told you. Nick, they didn't believe you, Steve. It'd be your own people. They don't believe me, man. No way. Terrence, the, the thing they're forgetting about is they don't understand the dad levels. Like, you right. get dad strength and... That stuff like pulls you in a whole other direction. Like you're thinking about all those late nights that you didn't sleep because that kid is screaming in your ear and you're like, I can run a seven minute mile. This ain't nothing. Like I, I didn't sleep for two weeks one time. You know, listen, don't forget, man, I'm a competitor. You know, I played collegiate ball and everything. So I, you know, competition is it's in my blood. No, hey, we're the family is super competitive. We had our little <laughs> like cousins and his brother talking trash to us. About basketball, when was it for a crab boy? We had a family crab yeah, boy. Yeah, Mars. We let them score like what three points, and we put and up most. maybe thirty-five on them because they just went stop we talking it like twenty <laughs> times in the same game. It was, it was disrespectful. <laughs> it's it's funny that they talk so much to us. His little brother talks to me all the time about Madden. I've destroyed him so many times in Madden. <laughs> I, wish, I wish he would stop trying to play me. <laughs> 
Are you talking about his little brother or are you talking about Chris? Because I heard there was a bit of a a floor sweeping with that dude earlier. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry we had to do this on the pod and get a little distracted by you guys. But uh, I beat my cousin, all his little brother, all the time, right? So Chris hits me up. He's talking like on oh, Madden. We all I see him talk about Madden. I'm like, hey, bro, like let's play one day. Da da da. He's like, yeah, like I play normally on Sundays. My daughter's at swim practice. I'm like, all right. See, and to to Chris's point, he was real humble about this. Like he didn't come out cocky or say anything disrespectful to me. Like, oh, I'm gonna air you out. Nothing. He was just like, yeah, let's play. You know, real sport, right? So we started playing. He he go, comes down. He uses Seahawks. I use the Bills. He scores on the first drive, but he misses the field goal. You know, I am Terrence. When he missed the field goal, I was like, oh, I'm going to turn up. He missed the field goal. It was over. Hey, I'm going to let it be known. The score at the end of the day, I think it was 12 to 48. If he would have talked trash to me, I would have put up 60. So I'm glad he did not say nothing. Like, and he played, he played the whole game. I'm like, you know, I would have quit. <laughs> he, he stuck in there the whole game. So he got, he got humbled pretty quick uh, about a, I want to say it was like a month ago or so. We, uh, our good buddies do a hockey podcast and we just decided we would, uh, I actually called him out on the podcast when it was like combine time saying, you know, could you beat Rich Eisen's time? And he was like, oh, for sure I could like no problem. And so we started it, it anyways, it snowballed way out of control. It turns out we had like the ball Hawks podcast versus the PP one podcast. It was like podcast versus podcast. We did like three different drills and he's like, I am going to just toy with this guy. He's like, I'm even going to give him the first event. So he gives him the first event and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're just <laughs> embarrassing yourself at this point, man. And he's like, I got this. Like, it's no big deal. So the first event was broad jump. He gives it to him. I think he's lost Uh three cone drill. He beats him by a little bit and then just gets the floor swept with him in the 40. And I was like, see, this is why you don't talk that up because you get humbled pretty quickly with that. So I, I think he learned his lesson not to talk too much trash because he doesn't have to eat that humble pie. Oh, he, he definitely did. My cousin knows, like, if, I, if someone says they want to play, play me a man, I'm coming with the pressure for sure. Like, and if you talk to me, just, like, you get it going, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I know I got to beat you now, but don't worry. Uh, I know I beat Chris bad, but, Chris, I've gotten humbled on Madden online. Trust me, there's been moments I don't got humbled, so it's okay. But uh, just to keep everything rolling, because uh, who do you think will hit the Gertie week one in the Bengals versus the Vikings matchup? That's not, that's not even a, a question, honestly. Justin Jefferson, you know, who finna guard him? For one, that man finna be. I would have paid to see you get up and do it. Like you had actually scored a touchdown. I would pay to see you get up and do it. <laughs> hey, don't let it fool you. Terrence actually got some real quick, like quick feet. That man really was a lead in college. So we got that question out of the way. Uh, Nick, this one's for you. How do you think the Ravens offense will be? Did it drastically improve or did it not? Is it stagnant? What do you think, Nick? I hate to put it to you like this. It's not that – I think they improved marginally. I don't think it was enough to uh, take it to the next level. I think, you know, obviously adding Sammy Watkins gives you a little bit – I mean, Marquise, Mar- Mar- you can give me that face all you want, but th- y'all, y'all should have been the ones. I hate to say it, y'all should have been the ones to give up something for Julio. At the end of the day, that would have been something that would have really, really changed the game for you. 
We saw what Anquan Bolden did for Joe Flacco. Lamar hey, Jackson wait, deserved wait, wait. something let, like that. Let me get I that hate way. to say it to you, but I think y'all will be better on offense, but it's not the improvement that you need to win the Super Bowl. Wait, wait. All right. Time out. Red flag. I'm going to let Steve get you after, but I'm going to get you first because I know Steve's going to come next. First of all, the Anquan Bolden offense is way different, okay? They need it was to possess- different, but what I'm saying is is the the plug-and-play of taking Anquan from Arizona and proving that he is a number one wide receiver, putting him into the Baltimore Ravens offense, and you're talking about something even better with Julio, we're not going to get it twisted, would have put y'all over the top. Lamar Jackson's haters' biggest argument is the fact that he – folds under pressure which he does not but he doesn't get any help who's man would have been the difference this man took a poop and then went out there and beat the browns anyway <laughs> let, let, let me have you attend this barbecue real quick nick they you, had you know, you want, what is villanueva is that the difference no 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 the offensive line to me is not any different i wish they would have been able to keep brown honestly and maybe bring in another one of those vets like they already did. Like, I wanted them to keep Orlando Brown a lot. I knew the dynamic, and they're a great organization. So they weren't going to hold him hostage, you know? So I respect it. You know, he does want to play left tackle. He could probably play left tackle. So it's not. He played left tackle last year for us, right? So there's that. He went and upgraded. He went from Willie Sneed as one of his reliable targets. Don't get it wrong. Willie Sneed's not bad. But Willie Sneed was his reliable target. Yeah. I, Tammy I Watkins is drastically better than Willie Sneed. I'm like, you know, if Sammy Watkins is healthy, I'm taking him a hundred times over Willie Sneed, okay? That is like the fourth, that was like the fourth option on Kansas City. And that's now your best receiver. All right, well, wait, let's not be disrespectful. He was a third option. The only people ahead of him was Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Keep attending the barbecue really quick with me. I don't know. Anyway, Miko Hardman has a, had an argument, but you know we got we, go we got we got Rashard we Bateman. Go there if you want. No, wait, yeah, Rashard Bateman is good. I said y'all got better. I but it is. Do you think that's a? I want you to be honest with me. Do you think third third option at best, Sammy Watkins and Bateman are enough to compete with someone like a Kansas City who have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Someone like Tennessee who now has AJ Brown and Julio Jones. So I, like, I mean. No, keep going. No, like you said, I, receiving course. I still think they should have swung big on some of the receivers that they've missed. Look out. at what Tampa Bay has. Do you no. think that that receiving core is anywhere near the same galaxy as what Tampa Bay has? Listen, listen, it doesn't have to be because how we play on offense, right? I wish over the years, like, you know, they missed out on hop because the Texans were going to trade them in the AFC, right? If they could have got one of these receivers, even Juju would have been a compliment because he's a possession receiver that's physical. He doesn't really drop the ball. We run the ball. We're a run-heavy offense. Julio would have did. Yeah. He would have did great in our offense, I think, because he 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 run blocks perfectly, right? He would have worked, but there was no way the, the Ravens were going to eat his cap. Rashard Bateman and Sammy are an upgrade than what we had because now Marquise Brown doesn't. You're not asking him to be the number one receiver and beat people on the outside when he's five eight, and he I, only beats people with his speed. Now you're telling him go destroy whoever's their slot corner, and we're going to have Rashard Bateman and Sammy on the outside. He's going to torch whoever lines up with him. You're going to put linebacker on him? But my my problem with the Ravens' offense isn't what they are from a scheme perspective. We all know the option is something that they have been able to perfect in the NFL, something that we thought we would never see outside of, like, the 60s. You know, we thought we would see it with Mike Vick. Obviously, that didn't work out. Lamar Jackson is the first person that has been able to perfect that. But my problem is is that you're playing in a division with both Cleveland and – Pittsburgh who have the weapons necessary 
to contain what Lamar Jackson can do. I believe in Lamar as a pass. He's four and one against Cleveland, but you know. Okay, well, you like we always like like we said with all the weapons that they added. I believe in Lamar as a passer. I also believe that he needs weapons to succeed. Look at what I've what I've said since day one of this podcast about Matt Ryan. Imagine if you plug Lamar into an offense like that. If he had an Njoku, if he had a Hooper, if he had a Landry, if he had an OBJ, these are the teams that he's gonna have to play against. Okay. I agree. Sammy Watkins is an upgrade. Bateman is an upgrade. Obviously, y'all at tight end are solid. I'm not saying that it's a bad offense. I think y'all will improve. Y'all have potential for Super Bowl aspirations. I don't think you did enough to get So there. you're saying that's this is a swung opinion. for the homer. You should have swung for the homer. All right, what, cool. do you, what do you Steve, lose? get him. Steve, get him. Steve, your turn. Get him. Take uh, I think you guys are both actually right, believe it or not. I, I got to take a tiny bit of a middle ground here. I I agree. I think Julio, you're an idiot if you think that adding Julio to an offense would not make you drastically better. Like, I don't think anybody's saying that, but with adding Julio to an offense, you've got to allocate $15.3 million to that guy. So what do you take out to get that piece? Because they can't, they can't do it under the salary cap or like, who are you restructuring to uh, maybe handcuff yourself in the future? So I get it. I wanted Julio, a Bama guy myself. I wanted them to get that number one receiver. Uh, I don't know if Terrence being the the wide receiver expert here, if you've seen any Rashad Bateman film, but man, that dude is slick. Like he he looks like Stefan Diggs out there. Maybe oh, he's even nice. Better. He's nice. He is. So I like that. I, I wouldn't call like that upgrade marginally better when you're talking about Willie Sneed being the comparison. And I, and I love Willie Sneed. Like he's got good hands. He's uh, when over- I say marginally, I meant the offense overall. I don't mean the Fair. pieces individually. Fair. I, I think that's a good distinction to make because I think the offensive line, we just, again, going back to, we don't know what it is. If the offensive line gels, that's a drastic upgrade, but the big one I always keep going back to, and Marquise mentioned this, is the Ravens are a run-heavy team. Like, we're not trying to change our identity to throw the ball 60 times. Um, we got Nick Boyle back, best blocking tight end in the league. Uh, you can do a lot of extra just personnel matchups when you have that extra tight end. Like, they're not going to do those 22 things when you have Tomlinson out there, right? So it gives them a lot more flexibility on what plays can be called. Um, and I, I just like the complementary of what those three wide receivers are, right? You've got Hollywood, who's the burner. You don't have to ask him to be that everything guy. You've got Sammy Watkins, who's kind of like that jack of all trades. He's reliable. He's, you know, he, I think he is going to be a safety blanket for Lamar. And then Rashad Bateman, like uh, my comp is, uh, is digs because he's just so silky smooth coming in and out of those breaks. He makes it look effortless. Like you watch him running and you're like, man, that dude is slow. And you're like, wait a second. He's blazing by fast guys. Like he's doing this all at top end speed, but he just does it so silky smooth that you don't even notice that he's doing it. So I agree, Nick. I think it did make them, I wouldn't say marginally, but I would say above marginally better. Um, I'm a huge believer in planning for the future as well. Like, yeah, flags fly forever. I want to win that Super Bowl, but like, do I want to go through 10 years of just hell as a Ravens fan for that? Probably not. 
We, we already did it with Alex Collins, if anybody remembers who the running back was. He did good one year, but I just want y'all to know that out there. What do you got, Nick? I mean, all I was going to say is is what I mean, I, and I, I'll, I'll concede to you, Steve, maybe it's better than marginally. My, my thing with the Ravens is that y'all are so close to a Super Bowl. Like, you're right on the cusp. I just don't think you did enough to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, this door Especially is... With, let's be, Let's face it. You're you're in the division. I hate to say it. We we called him Baby Goat at the beginning, but like your your biggest comp is is Patrick Mahomes every year. And the fact that you have to go against that offense, I don't. I and I hate that that's the what you have to go up against. But it's just the truth. I don't know if that was enough to get over that hump. Yeah, it, I mean, as a Ravens fan, to be honest, the, the door is closing, bro. Like it's not going to be open forever. Even with all the young talent that we got, we went fourteen and two. We went what? 11 and something last year like the, the door is not just going to stay open like it, it it's closing it's dwindling I think what I would like more than getting a big receiver if they can go snag maybe Zach Ertz or another tight end another I think end. no because if you look at I'm not saying I'm oh no 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 if you look I at like how Lamar did with the tight ends with Hayden Hurst he had Nick Boyle and he had Andrews that I feel like is going to be more better it's going to be more beneficial to him with the receivers he already has. So if you can go get, you know, maybe Atlanta doesn't want Hurst anymore because he got pits, or you can get Zach Ertz, who's a great pass catcher. You can add another tight end. I'd buy that, but they're going to have the ball. Like, and that's the issue. Like you let those pass rushers go on defense that the offense has to roll on all cylinders now. Cause like you said, we play in a tough side with the AFC. You got Josh Allen, Mahomes, even Baker, these quarterbacks buy time, Justin Herbert, not getting to them is asking way too much of these corners. Like they're great, but you're asking way too much at that point. So yeah, it, it's going to be a tough ax. I got a question for you, Steve, and then we're hitting overtime. Uh, what could Marcus Peters and Fruit Punch get better at as corners? Fruit Punch, Marlon Humphreys, for those of you that don't know. Um, I think picking and choosing when they want to use that fruit punch. Like I, I was just scrolling Twitter earlier before I jumped on and some, I think it was pro football focus uh, was posting the AJ Brown clip where he caught it in the middle. And then he just manhandled like four Ravens. I think it was Marcus Peters first and Humphrey took a swing and then he just walked uh, PQ into the end zone. And when you, when you go back, I was like, man, did he actually just ragged all those dudes? And partially, yes, he's a man child. But he, he also, like, Peters takes that swipe at it. Humphrey takes that swipe at it. And it's like knowing when to pick and choose those times uh, to do that punch. But uh, it's, hard, it's hard to, like, it's hard to pick something that you get better at. Like, I think you, you were talking about it earlier. And like, Humphrey plays outside. He plays in the slot. He led the team in tackles. When do you ever hear about a corner leading the team in tackles? Like he's going like the opposite of what Tremont Williams was like Tremont would see somebody coming up. He's like, no, I'm out. Like, no, thanks. Yeah, that is, that is very true. I, I like you alluded to when they miss the fruit punch. I think someone I noticed on our team that misses tackles because he goes for the fumble or something is Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen's good, but I've seen Patrick Queen go to like force a fumble and miss the tackle. Or he'll tackle too high because he, he wants to, like, rip the ball at the same time, and he just missed the tackle. And Patrick's great. So it's just – I think that definitely is something we could – maybe they could try to clean up a little bit more. And Marcus Peters ain't the best tackler in the world. So I get why he's trying to fruit punch everything because you 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 better – you got a better chance of running through him than Marlon Humphreys. Marlon Humphreys is probably going to ankle bite you before he lets you just maul him over. 
For There's sure. a reason why Tremont played in the league for so long. Every time <laughs> a running back came downfield, he was like, mm, do I want to take a year off my career? No, thanks. Plus, I'm cutting grass. <laughs> <laughs> this All right, so we got the favorite segment by the audience, overtime questions. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, we'll go Nick answers first, then Terrence. Steve, you got to go last. I feel like you're going to know the answers to these. All right. So, Nick, starting off, first question. I had 3,000 yard, or I had a 3,000 yard seasons consecutively for the Ravens from 2007 to 2009. Who am I? Your answers are Mark Clayton, Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, or Todd Heaton. Three 1,000 yard seasons? Yep. From 2007 to 2009. Give me the options one more time. You got Mark Clayton, Anquan Bolden, Derek Mason, or Todd Heap. I'm going to go Todd Heap. All right. Nick's going Todd. Who you got, Terrence? I'll say the same thing, too. You're going Todd? Yeah. We can go the same this week. That's fine. All right. Who you got, Steve? Mark Clayton. Mark Clayton? Clayton. Damn it. All right. I'm going to let y'all know. None of y'all are right. I'm actually upset. None of y'all got this right. I'll let Derek Mason was an animal. I'll let you know. I, that was my second choice. Dang. I just picked because I knew it wasn't Bolden because I don't even think he played till 2008 or 2009. So I knew it wasn't him. Yeah, I knew it wasn't him, but I'm like, <sighs> Derek actually, people forget Derek Mason is like a, he's like a Steve Smith, but not as physical. Like he's physical, but Steve Smith is yeah. way more physical. Yeah. So he was like that type of receiver in a, you know, run centric offense. Turn up, man. We got to turn up. Yeah, you got. Hey, don't let Steve beat you. I, I got. I got another three questions for us. I figured like maybe Steve's gonna get it right, or you know something was gonna happen there. So I have forty nine career sacks. Who am I? Your options are Nick, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, DeForest Buckner, or Jamal Adams. Who you got, Nick? I'm gonna go T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. Nick's going T.J. Who you got, Terrence? You said you got TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, DeForest Buckner, or Jamal Adams. I'm gonna go. All right, DeForest Buckner. All right, who you got, Steve? Who did Who did Nick pick? Nick went TJ Watt. Watt. Ooh, my first reaction was Buckner, but I'm gonna make this uh, just a little interesting. I'm gonna say. Uh, you can pick the same answer though. Yeah, you pick the same answer. Let's get a let's get a little crazy here. Who who is the Browns winning it? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, yeah. I'll, I'll take Garrett. All right. I'm letting you guys know Steve with his marginal Ravens answer was right. It was TJ Watt with 49.5 or TJ Watt so 49 and a half. It was Nick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're trying to oh. throw shade at me. I was. I was. I was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Nick, that one's in the bank, wow. Brody. Oh, it was already here celebrating. It? It's funny because that was the only right answer you got so far, and we still got more questions. But anyway. <laughs> I'm the only one with the right one. You're going to ask, too. Let's go. Miles yeah. Garrett has 42.5. DeForest Buckner has 38. And then Jamal Adams got 21.5. I was just wondering. But DJ Watt was the answer. I just want to make sure. Anyway, keep going. Good talk. Good 7-10 mile. I've had – beat me in basketball. Anyway, <laughs> I've had two or more interceptions since I came into the National Football League. Who am I? Am I Marcus Peters, Ed Reed, Pac-Man, Adam Jones, or Joe Hayden? Who you got, Nick? Uh, 
You said two or more like every season. Yep. Yo, I'm a, I might be I, I might be opening up with the uh, wild one. I'm gonna go with Adam Pagman Jones because I know he came out hot, then had that that whole situation with legal troubles and all that. I, I think it might have been Adam Pagman Jones. All right, who you got, Terrence? You said it's, you got Marcus Peters, Ed Reed, Pac-Man Jones, and then Joe Hayden. Bro, Terrence was thinking, bro. I swear, every time Terrence is up, Terrence sitting there like, I got it. I'm going to go Joe Hayden. All right, Terrence is going, so. All right, who you got, Steve? I feel like this was a trap question. Like, you wanted me to pick Ed Reed, but. Me I too, like, bro. I, I want to like... pick Ed Reed so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, funny story about Marcus Peters. The the game that he got traded to the seat or to the Ravens and they went to Seattle. Uh, I was at that game. That was actually on my honeymoon. Ooh. My wife picked it. She was like, hey, do you want to, uh, you know, I know the Ravens are coming to Seattle. You want to drive down there and we'll go watch it? And I was like, anyway, <laughs> for a reason. And we got to see uh, Marcus Peters have that just, he's so perfect at goading quarterbacks into throwing the ball and then he just goes for it so i'm gonna go with peters on this one all right i'm glad you did steve because i needed someone to tie nick there it was actually marcus peters he's had two at least every year he actually i think since coming into the league got the most interceptions bro he has a crazy amount of interceptions it's i was gonna say marcus peters too but i was like Ed Reed had one year in 2005 where he only got one, or else it would have been a tie. Uh, Ed had a lot, but I think that might have been the year he might have had an injury because he only played 10 games that, that season. Yeah, he was, he was baiting us into that because I was uh, I Ed Reed. I was like, oh, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a bait. So, since uh, you know you can't participate in this, Terrence, actually, actually, you can because this is a tiebreaker. I'll I let might you still get the yeah, answer. You, you might get the answer. And then we, I got to think of another quick question. So, None of you guys can pick the same answer for this one, okay? Oh, dang. All right. This is the tiebreaker and maybe puts Terrence back in the in the talking bracket. Who knows? I won Defensive Player of the Year in 2011. Am I J.J. Watt, Luke Petisley? I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry, Luke. Ray Lewis, James Harrison, or Terrell Suggs? Who you got, Nick? J.J. Watt. All right. Who you got, Terrence? That's what I was going to say, too. What was the other choices? You got Terrell Suggs, Luke Kuklegi, James Harrison, and Ray Are you talking about Keekly? Luke Keekly? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Panthers? Yeah. yeah. You are disrespectful. I said sorry. <laughs> I said sorry. <laughs> this man been in the, was, in the, was a legend. I didn't even know who you were talking about. Luke Keekly, bro. Luke yeah, Luke Keekly. Um, this is just for you to get back in the game, Terrence. Terrence <laughs> you might want to take Luke Keekly. It might have been him. Who you got, Nick? Or Terrence? I'm, I'm only going Luke Keekly because I'm in Carolina, but I think. All right. So Terrence is there. All right, Steve. It's all on you. Who are you going? Let's go, right, let's baby. Go. Coming from the ball hard university, Terrell Suggs, defensive player of the year 2011. There's no way he ever won it. Did he win it? So we got Steve with Terrell. I can't believe y'all let this man come on y'all podcast and beat y'all. I'm just like, you know, it was Terrell Suggs. Because listen to this. There was a time period on this Baltimore defense where it was bouncing back and forth of who got defensive player of the year. 
Ed got it. Ray got it. Ed Terrell got it. That's wild. And y'all let this man come on. Y'all podcast with beat y'all. Look, I don't remember that. I, remember. <laughs> I really don't remember that. I'll be Terrence, sure. You went goose egg this week after the losing. Ah! Last week. <laughs> This is, this is a same donut. <laughs> it, it does. So, congratulations, Steve. You're the first guest to come on here and actually win. We've only had two. But, right. you know. Well, I mean, I've never won. We do a segment as well, and I've never won that. So, I'll, I'll take this for, for a dub, boys. Nah, hey, he he did let me know. Steve did say he was coming hard for these questions. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I got I to gotta stomp him so one of the boys can try to rebound here. Man, you guys let me down. So that's all we got today. We're going to close it out with Steve leading us with uh, we do this word of the day. So if you got a word of the day or advice of the day, you know, Steve's a teacher, so I'm sure you got something juicy for us. Yeah, I guess uh, my big thing for advice of the day or just something to live by that I always try to hammer home to my students is no matter who you are, no matter what you are, what you want to be, where you came from, uh, the big thing I try to get to the, across to them is I want you to be happy and I want you to be healthy. So if you can strive for happiness and healthiness in all facets of your life, that's the golden ticket, man. Exactly. Appreciate that, Steve. I couldn't agree more with that. You know, that's why we, we're doing the whole mile challenge, you know, promoting some health. And somehow treadmill Nick keeps winning, but I'm like, you know, me and Nick are, or me and Terrence are going to have a Smarter, not harder, baby. <laughs> Team smarter, not harder. You know what's funny? Uh, like a quick caveat to this. My buddy from the army, he knows like something's up. He's like, why are you running so slow? Because like if we're running next to each other, I can run faster. You know, Terrence, like if you see someone, you can be like, oh, let me go. It's so hard to run by yourself because I can't judge. I ain't got nobody to be like, oh, let me catch this guy. I've already admitted, you know, it's so the easiest part about the treadmill is not being inside. That, that's you can set the pace. It's setting the pace and being like, okay, I can turn my mind off and I know what I'm gonna run now. Anyway, so we'll have to stay tuned for next week to see how the boys do. Appreciate Steve for stopping by with us. I love the Lamar Jackson jersey, the Ray Lewis book. I even like the Joe Flacco. Man got me a Super Bowl, you know, guys. We don't like any of Terrence jerseys besides the Moss when he was on the Vikings. Uh, we don't like Nick's bed scene he got going on, but we like the Warriors jersey. And we hope you guys have a good night. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it.